Hey, what's going on, everybody? It is Chris, a.k.a. Black Hulk, a.k.a. Blackerot, a.k.a. The Great One, a.k.a. The AKAs is back. Wait. <laughs> AKAs as in, like, the actual AKA, not the organization. I just realized how that sounded. But anyways, we're here with episode 17 of Should I Play That? And guess what? We got a special guest in the building today. We got Quentin, aka Techie Cube. What's going on, my man? Hey, man. How's it going? How's it going, guys? So, um, it's just me, uh, uh, a little change. It's just me, me and, uh, me and Quentin this week. Uh, um, Rod's not here this week, but Quentin, man, this is, this is a friend that I've had for years now and, I'm I'm glad you're here, man. Like, what's what's going on with you? Oh man, it's good to be here, man. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, we've been friends for a long time. Uh, not a <laughs> whole lot, dude. Just uh, you know, just doing the doing the stuff, coding and 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 content creating, really. But that's about it. I mean, that kind of stuff just consumes your life, you know. Yeah. So, um, just to introduce you, you know, he's uh, you have a Twitch channel. Uh, before air, before airing, we're just talking about some stuff that you're trying to do on YouTube. So, uh, you want to tell the people, you know, what you got going on right now, what you're doing? Uh, yeah, man. So, I mean, first and foremost, I mean, I'm a, I'm finishing up school, getting that software engineering degree. Uh, but I mean, on the side, uh, yeah, I, I Twitch stream, uh, schedule's kind of changed at the moment, but it looks like it's going to be like Wednesdays and Saturdays, uh, usually evening times and, I mean, that's that's what I do a lot of, and now I'm starting to get my feet wet in uh in YouTube. So that video, hopefully, will the 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 inaugural TechieCube video will probably be dropping hopefully in a week. So yeah, that that's that's what I'm doing at least in the world of content creation. Nice, and then of course um, we're gonna have all of your uh you know uh, links and everything in the description. Uh, so you guys can definitely check out his stuff. Great streams, like. What do you what do you typically stream? Uh dude man, it it has been all over the place. Lately, uh let's see. Uh the big one has been like we've been playing Total War. Like I didn't think I was gonna get into an RTS. Like I and I really didn't think I was gonna enjoy it, but dude, there's something about Total War that is just it's it's different and I'm enjoying the ever living crap out of it. But uh that I play a little bit of first person shooter. It's honestly, dude, it just depends. Like when something new comes out, if it catches my eye, like we're on it. So uh with Final Fantasy with Cyberpunk and Final Fantasy, like I'm probably gonna like dedicate at least a couple streams to just like replaying some of the old stuff to just like fill people in on what and why it's so great. Yeah, especially with Final Fantasy. Um because that's a huge one. That's something that already has a big like imprint in the gaming uh, culture. Um, you have like all the Final Fantasy, but in, you know, in particular, Final Fantasy VII is huge. So you have the crowd of people that you know know all about it. But then you have the new generation who you know they've heard about Final Fantasy VII. They've seen Cloud in Smash Brothers. They've seen him in Kingdom Hearts. Well. Not Kingdom yeah, Hearts 3. Yeah. But they, they, they heard of the character. So for a lot of people, it's going to be like their first time around. So Yeah. And I mean, like, that was like the game that cemented me as a gamer. Like, I had been playing games when I was little, you know, like Sonic and all that. And it's like, those were great games. But like, Final Fantasy VII was like the first game I couldn't beat in like a day. 
And like, I was like, what is this? And like, it taught me the value of grinding and money management and like all these crazy other little things that like a little seven-year-old me didn't understand at the time. And now it's like, dude, I remember like when I saw the tech demo for the PS3 and we're like, oh, we're getting a remake. And then they were like, no. And then they finally announced it. And like, I was one of those dudes who almost cried, like hands down. I was like in shock. And then, yeah. So, and then getting to get my hands on the demo, that was phenomenal. So yeah, man, I, that's, that's, that's my win of 2019 is the fact that it's coming out like early 2020. Yeah. And it's, um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with it. Like it's, you know, it's episodic, but like they're really building like this first part, this first episode to be really big. Like it's two discs on the Blu-ray, which is ridiculous. Yeah. So like I could, so I can't games. even imagine what that because I I download a lot of my games. I can't even imagine what the download size is going to be. Well, I mean, I think the average Blu-ray is like thirty-two, so it's like yeah, it's like sixty-four-ish gigs. So compressed down for system, I'd imagine somewhere around like the forty-eight, fifty mark, easy. But I mean, honestly, dude, like. Like me getting like, and, and I'm sure we, we can talk about this later, but like when I got there to E3 and I actually got my hands on the demo, I was in shock. Like it, <laughs> it's so like for a demo, it was so good. And that's, and that's, that's good to hear for me. That's good to hear for the people because, you know, if you're, if you're not, uh, you know, at E3, a lot of these things are like up in the air. So it's always good to hear from people that actually gets the hands-ons and everything like that. Uh, but like you said, that's going to be for a little bit later in the show. That's going to be towards our topic section of the show. But uh, if this is the first time you've ever listened to the show, we'd like to start these episodes off with a little section called What You've Been Playing. So, Quentin, a.k.a. Techie Cube, what you been playing, man? Well, uh, like I said, I've been playing a lot of uh, Total War Three Kingdoms. In fact, like I'm looking at my laptop right now, and it's like you have played 38 hours, and I'm like, oof, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's that's the one because it's one of those games where you can literally just like you can take your turn, and if you're playing like uh, you can only do campaign with one other friend, but like if you're taking your turn, you can you can, you've got time. It's not like it's a timer unless they set it that way. So like my buddy did his turn, we saved the game. And then the next time we boot it back up, I can do my turn. And we usually do it like in between homework. So it's just like, it's something that I can play while I'm content creating or working on edits or doing some code or whatever. So that's what I'm playing right now. And then of course, uh, I'm trying to get my first person shooter skills back up because, you know, the Apex Legends season two dropping soon, you know, I want to, I want to be ready. Yeah. Oh man. And, and Apex, that's, that's another one of those like beasts of the game where like if you're if you're not ready to jump into a match or you're just not ready in general, like you're gonna have a rough time. So, but I mean, how's how's so I guess you, you are you still playing Apex? Like, how's that going for you? Oh, uh, man. So I like took a long break. Uh, I mean, I I got through. I got to like level 80 or whatever of the season one pass and like just the the pacing of it was just a little frustrating for me so and then school caught up with me so I didn't really have the time to keep up with it but like I I saw all the updates and the announcements and I was like oh man like I've got to get back into this like there's dragons dude there's dragons like what <laughs> so and then they're dropping a new character so I was like okay well the strategy is going to change the meta is changing like and they've talked about like now you can level up like progressively faster and i was just like okay that's that's all i needed to hear so now i've i've picked it back up 
and I just started actually playing it back just like three days ago. But yeah, so no, so between the two games I'm playing, it's just Total War and Apex Legends right now. So let me ask you this with, well, I'm going to ask you questions about both games, but uh, going off of Apex, um, if you don't know Apex Legends, Battle Royale, free to play, you can just download it, play it on PS4, Xbox, PC. Um, so with it being free to pay, play, but if you're invest if you're actually playing the game do you recommend buying that season pass i mean yeah actually i do because the season pass is only like 10 bucks it's not and and i think that's kind of a nod to fortnite in a lot of ways but like it's not where a lot of free free to play games they kind of sit there and they make you go like oh keep throwing money at us keep throwing money at us keep throwing money at us like there is no weapon that you're gonna buy you get everything is on the field. They're, like the only thing you're getting is skins, skins, uh, e- like not even emo skins and like kind of like uh, character sheets and stuff. Like you can like modify the way they look. But the cool part is, is like they've even said like, hey, look, our our random number generator for getting loot, you're guaranteed certain things after so many loot boxes, which is kind of nice. I'm still very anti loot box. But the season pass is nice because not only do you get you're buying a character, uh, you're going to get all you're going to get all the new skins and stuff. But I mean, it's respawn. They are the guys who made Titanfall. I'm a big fan of Titanfall. I didn't mind throwing 10 bucks their way to kind of support them in their game and, you know, to keep that alive. Yeah. And I and I think that's that's the best way of looking at free to play games like it's it's great to sort of like break open that barrier of entry. Like for a lot of people, you know, paying $60 is not something they could do to just try a game. So, and then like really, I think uh, demos, like some, some companies still do demos, but not really. But um, like being able to download a game, being able to fully play it and not really have to invest money. uh, I feel like that's a good way to pull in the audience but once you see that you're sort of playing the game, you're enjoying the game, and you're putting the hours into the game, that's when, like, I'm like, all right, I could, you know, throw $10 here. I could buy, you know, some cosmetic stuff. Like, I have no worries, like, doing stuff like that. So Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think my biggest thing is, and I think we're going to start seeing more of this, because, uh, I mean, there there's a lot of things that, like, I've I've seen a change in the industry and I think we're going to start seeing like early like pre-alpha demos, beta test demos and I I have a feeling that the industry is going to start opening those up to the public again. Like oh if you pre-order like Call of Duty used to do that. Remember we're like oh pre-order and you get to play the multiplayer and then you know for our beta test and all this kind of cool stuff and it was like oh okay, but I have a feeling that they're going to start making that more of a public thing because it's like I think I want to, oh man, I can't remember which company did it, but there was a large company that did it not too long ago. Like they did a a pre-order beta and then they did an open to the public for like 24 or 48 hour beta test. Like it was kind of one of their server tests. I think a couple, a couple of games now are starting to lean towards that. Um, I know like, uh, I I know Destiny did it, but I don't know. I can't remember if they fully opened it to the public, but I want to say like, yeah, a Something lot of them will, like, that. you know, if, if the beta is open for two weeks, they'll hold the first week for the pre-order people, and then the following week is open to everybody. So, um, I mean, that's, that's that's definitely cool, but then, you know, that beta is only open for a week. So, like, for someone like me, for example, right now, um, you know, in real life, uh, my job, I'm working at a camp, I... I, I miss out on a lot of like these exclusive things. Like if something's only happening for a week, I I don't have access to that. So 
being able to like jump straight into a game is great. So, and I and I feel like sort of what you're saying, the industry sort of leaning towards, uh, you know, free to play. You know, Destiny Two. Once this new expansion and the fall drops, it's officially going free to play. So, uh, and I'm pretty sure they've been wanting to do that for a while now that they're free from Activision. They're their own, you know, publishing company. Uh, I'd, I'd hope to see more companies do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not necessarily the biggest component of free to play, but I definitely think that there is room for uh, the the free betas or even like, I mean, you know, I would love to see like, for example, Borderlands instead of, you know, okay, oh, you have to be at this event to try this demo. Why not? Hey, you know what? We're going to open this one level demo with like three characters or two characters and play this demo and, you know, download it play it you're good to go like i if i'm not mistaken i did that for a game i can't remember which game i like <laughs> playstation i did that for, like when the ps4 just came out there was like two demos i had oh oh the silent hill demo like that oh, was pt oh yeah yeah, PC, dude. yeah so it's like it, it's not that it can't be done but i think free to play is op- is opening companies eyes to saying hey this might be a valid way to get more interest and drum up more support for our product and at the end of the day with, you know, all the games that are out right now, um, a lot of these companies are really fighting for, like, our attention, our playtime. So it's, you know, it's it's key to, like, get your audience sucked in and, you know, playing your game, inv- you know, investing in, uh, I don't want to say investing in DLC, but just investing in the product in general. Right, but, right. Uh, do you feel like, do you, I mean, this is a, you know, I don't say it's a loaded question, but do you feel like Apex is, you know, uh, doing the right thing to, I'm not saying like take the crown from Fortnite, but like, that's what everyone's thinking. Uh, how do you right. feel that you, uh, Apex is doing against Fortnite? Uh, honestly, man, you're not, I don't see Apex winning that fight. Um, and there's several reasons why, but it really just comes back to the fact that Fortnite is an encompassment of like four different types of games in one. Mm-hmm. Like you have your battle royale, you have your Minecraft element, you've got your team shooter, you've got like, I mean, so there, there's a lot going on there. And Apex is very much we're Titanfall, but not Titanfall in a battle royale. Like it's just, it's, it's very cut and dry. And so Apex is really fighting more so against like Battlefield and Call of Duty, you know, uh, and that's where it's like, okay, well, I think Fortnite, there's not a re- there's not a true competitor to Fortnite because of that. Like there's a bunch of battle royales and people might like that genre, but now that genre has got different types. You've got, you know, you've got your first person shooter solo and then you've got your creator, battle royale i mean shoot there's even a tetris battle royale in japan so i mean like you know the battle royales are kind of their own genre now there's not just like a type of it's not just like a type of game anymore where it's like oh we all know how this is going to play out it's like well you get the general idea but like we all know what a fighting game is but like there's soul caliber there's tekken there's street fighter there's mortal Kombat. they're all incredibly different fighting games so you know, I, I think that's what we've seen in the development of BR. But as far as Fortnite killer, honestly, man, I think the only people that can kill Fortnite is Fortnite. That's the, 
For, that's, a, that's honestly like the perfect way of putting that, honestly. Uh, Fortnite is like its own beast. The way I compare it to uh, the perfect example, actually, is uh, look at what Call of Duty was a decade ago. Like oh. everyone, everyone wanted to be Call of Duty. And what happened? No one could beat Call of Duty except for Call of Duty. Yeah, Call of Duty kind of nerfed itself. and Exactly. Like, yeah, and then, like, Battlefield. Like, I mean, Battlefield, the the reason I was an avid... I mean, that's where you and I started gaming together. Yeah. Like, before, like, when we were... Before, you know, GameStop, it was just, like, that was the thing. And so it was, you know, doing having you and four of your friends drop into this massive platform and taking on, you know, 32 other people or 28 other people, you know, and then Call of Duty was very much you and, you know, six of your friends all duking it out against six other people. So like that, you know, is a very distinctive difference, but like they had their place. But yeah, Call of Duty was still Call of Duty. It was the team deathmatch because Halo kind of disappeared. There was no like when Halo was gone, like, you know, after, like, really Halo 3, because Halo 4 really didn't have a competition scene, Call of Duty swept in. So, yeah, like, I, you, that is a perfect example. Like, you know, the only people that could beat Call of Duty was Call of Duty. And just, like, with Fortnite right now, the only people who can beat Fortnite is Fortnite. Yeah, so it's – um, and, and I like that you said that, you know, Apex, it has its own crowd. It has its own, like, you know, version of the Battle Royale. So I'm glad that, you know, with, you know, this past E3 – they they saw that season one was sort of lackluster. So right now, all they really need to do is just you know build you know build their foundation, build their build their game to to be their own game. Like they, if I were them, I would you know put on blinders, uh, just sort of focus on like making Apex the best game that it could be, and and people will show up. Yeah, people. no, absolutely. I, I, I agree wholeheartedly with that. And I think the other thing with Apex is that, you know, people have to understand that, like, Fortnite is literally, it's like Epic Games is making one game. They're not making a bunch, they haven't, they're not working on multiple titles. They're their own publisher and they've got a lot of manpower and they're only making one game. That's why they can constantly churn out updates like the Thanos update and the, the, now the sphere ball update. And it's like every seat, like they're updating and they're doing multiple seasons in a year. Apex is a smaller studio. They're, you know, they're not their own publisher and they are just now starting this game. Like, if they grow and they got bigger, cool. But the thing is, is Respawn has already said, we're also working on another IP. So you can't expect weekly or daily or monthly, you know, updates. Yeah. That and, you know, they don't have that, like you said, they don't have that epic money. Like, to get, you know, Marvel involved, to to get the NFL involved, like, to have, like, the NFL skins, that's money. Right. Like, they have to shell out a ton of money to get stuff like that. Or to so, get a, a live Marshmallow concert. To get two to get two John Wick skins? What? Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no. You can't, you can't just waltz in and be like, yeah, we're making this game. We'd like to have some, you know, exclusive rights to, to, to do this thing, you know? Yeah. So, um, time will tell. Like, I, you know, I, 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 I wish Apex the best. Like, I, I enjoy my time playing Apex. I don't really play it that often, but when I do play it, I do have fun. Exactly. Um, so, but I mean, so to wrap this up, any any other games uh, or those like the two primary primary like your two primary games that you've been playing uh, recently? 
Yeah, yeah. Right now, like, those are the two I'm playing, and I'm just kind of, like, biding my time until, like, later this year. When we start real, like, when the, the launch of all the other games that are coming out are going to start. And then, like, not only is my stream going to be constantly hectic with changing games, like, I'm going to have to figure out a way to just plow through games as fast as possible to, <laughs> to keep See, up and, with and, it. And that's, and that's the hard part about being, like, a, a content creator, being a streamer, is that, you know, you have your, your games that you want to, like, stream and play with people, you know, with the public. But then you have your other games that you sort of just want to just play by yourself and just, like, enjoy so it's it's sort of hard to find the balance for both. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so it's just like yeah, like me looking ahead and planning like okay, I'm going to I'm going to play like Borderlands. How long am I going to play this for? You know, am I going to do the whole story? Am I going to add side quests to my streams? Like what am I going to do with that? Like how many days or weeks of streaming this can I probably do before it's it's old news, you know, it's mm-hmm. old hat. Like, you know, and then the other side of that is, you know, how much am I going to enjoy it? Cuz, you know, it content creation is first and foremost, you know, it's self like you got to be self-satisfied doing what you're doing. You can't churn out content and be miserable like it's just going to show in your work. So it's like, you know, am I going to enjoy playing this game? Because I've, I've been asked like before, like, oh, I did a Dragon Age stream once and they're like, oh, do you do backseat things or, oh, hey, did you do this, this and this? And I was like, no, I don't play that way. Like, sorry, I I like playing <laughs> I like playing Dragon Age a certain way. Like, I'm willing to try certain new things, but, like, for example, I'm not just going to forsake characters because you don't like them. Like, that's just not how I operate. Yeah. And it's and it's interesting, like, when you... Like, so let's, let's sort of break into this before I jump into my what you've been playing, but, like, um, when, you're, when you're playing, like, a single-player game, do you feel that, you know, are you going to get the chat involved? Or are you going to sort of see what they're saying? Or is it something where... You know, you're playing and you sort of like trying to like feed off of their reactions off of it. Yeah, I, I think it really depends. Like if, if the solo is, is, you know, very storytelling, like if it's, if it's strong, I don't have to really like, I don't have to do much. I can just sit back and enjoy the story with, with my viewers. But mm-hmm. I feel like, for example, and here's a prime example, Rage 2. Rage 2 has got solid game gunplay like i i love the shooting mechanics i love the fighting and the movement the story is like i mean it's your action film but with worse but like it's just bad like the story like it's a good borderlands <laughs> warm-up like that's what i keep telling okay you. like it's, and it's that's good. what i've heard that's interesting you oh, say yeah. that yeah it's it's like i definitely feel like i'm ready for borderlands by playing rage 2 because at least i know in borderlands like the story is how do we put the story for borderlands the story is is compelling but you're not like you're not so deeply ingrained into the game that like if someone dies you're just like com- like completely destroyed like i mean you know no, i'm just thinking I'll, I'll say this compared to other loot shooters or loot games borderlands actually has some really good writing like that's something i'll always give them is that like i i'll care like borderlands 2 actually cared about what was actually going on in the story when it comes right. to other like loot games, loot shooters, um, looking at you, Destiny Two, it sort of feels <laughs> like you're sort of just going through the motions until you can finally get to the end game. But with Borderlands, they sort of like the the whole game is sort of like the, I don't want to say the whole game is the end game, but like you you care about what's going on throughout your whole adventure. Right, and, and and I'll go ahead and clarify what I meant by like you're not so invested. You can make mistakes. 
like that's the thing mm-hmm. I like about Borderlands more than Destiny or any other loot shooter is that like you know like okay yeah like Sanctuary is under attack oh I got, I gotta save these people holy crap I died oh well I just respawned no big deal like it's not yeah. a, like no that's the cool part but like yeah no the writing for loot shooter hands down borderlands wins and and like the art style is so unique like i think that's the other thing that sets it apart from anyone else really yeah so that's it's definitely gonna be something worth looking forward to uh this you know it's funny i feel like uh you know this this coming you know uh fall winter it's it's sort of looking like uh well i say fall winter and then like early 2020 it sort of gives me like the whole 2011 vibes of like banger after banger coming out oh yeah for sure i mean you've got every major heavy hitter coming out let's see it's june now so you've got effectively nine months you've got about nine to ten months to really whatever you're doing now get it done like because (laughs) because after that (laughs) your your 2020 is the year that you aren't leaving your your couch sorry yeah so um, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, this week was really light for me. Um, like I said, um, I, I'm not sure if I said it. I think I said it last. All right, I think I said this last week, but um, my day to day has sort of changed up. So like, luckily today I'm able to like record this in my normal setup, so I feel comfortable. I could get hype if I want to. Uh, where it was before in the dorms, I really couldn't do that. And then also uh, last week, I don't know what it was, but it was just a long week. So, uh, it was just tiring, like going back and forth between different jobs and then, uh, still trying to keep up with E3, like still trying to keep up with E3 so that I could talk about it on the show. But then at the same time, like still like find out and watch videos of games that I'm interested in. Uh, it, it took a lot. So this week I'm a little bit more charged. Um, and I was actually able to play a game this week. Oh, nice. So, so, with me, you know, not being uh, at home, uh, that's 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 why I love my Switch. The Nintendo Switch, perfect system to just pick up and go. If you're playing the game at home, you can pick it up and just take it with you. Like that's that's still like a concept that like you know we talk about it and you see it, but to like really use that functionality of playing like a home console game on the go is great. It really is. I'm doing this big build-up. It's not even, like, a heavy game that I've played, but I played um, the Cadence of Hyrule. That released last week, um, made by Brace Yourself Games. So if you played Crypt of the Necrodancer, it's basically that same game, but with a, a Legend of Zelda skin on it. And I feel I like, like saying it, and I feel like saying it like that sort of, like, doing it uh, misjustice, because, like, it's, it's a, think, like, Link to the Past, sort of like that type down, uh, like the top down old school Zelda, but it's all based to the music of the game. Like it's, uh, it's very like rhythm heavy oriented. Like if you're, uh, if you're on the, on the map and you have enemies on the screen, you have to use the music and like the beats to sort of move around, but then also use that to do your attacks. So, oh, okay. Uh, so that's actually pretty interesting. Yeah. So, it's definitely a game that it's it's going to be weird getting used to at first um, because it's not like your typical, you know, top-down adventure game. You actually have to pace yourself. Um, and this is also sort of like a, uh, a roguelike. So 
when you die, you lose everything. Mm. So wow, that that makes it even more challenging to exactly. To, so to... so my my first, honestly my first couple hours I was like, damn, what did I sign sign myself up for? But I. <laughs> I feel like the what sort of redeems everything for me is like just like with any other role like that you play, um, learning the patterns with the enemies that helps out a lot. Um, there's still some enemies that like I don't know what it is. I just I miss timing like my steps to go you know try and engage and then trying to attack. Sometimes you sort of have to circle around. Some enemies they instead of moving towards you they sort of do like a diagonal jump or they might have a ranged attack. So all of that like takes into account. Um, and like I said, you have to do this all towards like the beat of the music, which is all remixed Legend of Zelda music. So if you're a fan of Legend of Zelda music, that in itself is a good enough reason to play the game. Um, but so now when you say remix though, are you saying like, like, cause in my head, all I'm thinking is doom, 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 boom, 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 boom. <laughs> oh, so, so almost, it's almost, <laughs> you're playing, but it's almost like that. Seriously. Um, uh, it's, it's really good. Like, you know, uh, yeah, they're like remixes to you know, the, the classic Zelda songs. You know, you have the, uh, Lost Woods, you have, uh, Gerudo Valley, you have like just the Zelda lullaby, like every, like if you, if you can imagine a song from Zelda, it's most likely in this game, with like a nice, like updated twist to it. Well, that's, I mean, that sounds pretty dope, man. I'm actually gonna have to like look at that now when I get back to my place. Yeah, definitely look into it. It's um, it's on the Switch. Uh, it's a little bit pricier, but I'm pretty sure it's pricier because it has you know that Nintendo uh, licensing. Um, it's twenty five dollars on the Switch, but I'm 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 enjoying it. It's really good. Like I said, I've only put in like maybe about three hours into it. But what I like though is, like I said, it's a roguelike. But uh, with you know a lot of roguelikes, you have like a certain currency that even if you die, it still carries over. And right. when you respawn, you can sort of use that currency to buy items for your next run. And then I'm getting far enough into the game where, like, if I find a certain item, like I found a hookshot. Uh, when I die, I actually keep the hook shot. So uh-huh. certain items like that you keep, but other items um, like bombs or arrows, of course, you have to, you know, get all that once you respawn. Right, right. Oh, um, well, yeah. I'm definitely going to have to add that to my list, and and that might be one of my personal plays for sure. Yeah, and like I said, like that's, that's something that I really like about the Switch is that you can – it's pick up and go like I could, you know, in between me doing something, if I have, you know, 15, 20 minutes, you know, I could pull out my switch out my backpack, uh, you know, play a little bit, die, get frustrated, put it back away and then <laughs> go on with my day. And <laughs> you're laughing, but I'm dead serious. That's like, that's the process of me playing this game is, you know, I'm me. just imagining you right now waking up and just going like, all right, I'm going to nail this. Then you're vibing out and then you just mm-hmm. die and you're like, ah. Oh, Damn. Like I said, like the game is, is like is heavily like influenced by the music. So like you're you're bobbing your head to like, you know, the beat of the of the music and then bullshit happens and it, and, it, and you die. But <laughs> it's it's fun. It's a roguelike, it's uh, a rhythm game. It's like a good mashup of all of these, you know, genres of an action game, roguelike, and a rhythm game. So uh if any of that sounds good to you 
definitely uh, give it a shot. I'm not sure if there's a demo for it. They might be. I'm not sure. But if you're sort of iffy on the whole rhythm aspect, because I know for a lot of people that might turn you off. Is that because that's that's the biggest difference with this game is that it's a rhythm game. Um, go ahead and buy Crypt of the uh, Necrodancer. Like it's a lot. It's cheaper. Um, I'm not sure if it's still on sale right now, but I know on the Switch uh, it was like four bucks. So if you have the chance of getting that or playing that first, definitely do that before paying the twenty five dollars for uh, the Cadence of Hyrule. But if you love Zelda and everything that's said sounds good, go ahead and pick it up. Like I've, you know, I, 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 I normally like giving, you know, more time before I give like a, a thumbs up, thumbs down. But so far, like I'm giving this a thumbs up. Oh, I mean, that that's legit, dude. And I mean, like, hey, if, if all else fails, I mean, I'll pick it up and I, I, you know, I'll probably add that to my, my YouTube series of reviewed game, reviewed personal games. And yeah, but I mean, just based on what you're saying, dude, like I, at the very least I'll go pick up Crypt of the Necrodancer and, and give it a shot. And and I think just the just the regular game, the um the cadence uh no, the Crypt of the Necrodancer, that might be a good game to stream too. Like I could sort of see uh, you know, people or at least for me, people laughing at me mistiming and like getting stupid deaths. Cause I like last time I played uh Cadence of Hyrule, like I I knew when to, you know, hit the D pad to move. I knew I knew the attack patterns. I knew everything in my mind, but my hands just couldn't it couldn't keep up. Couldn't do it. Hey man, we all have potato days. <laughs> so uh with that, that's you know what we've been playing this past week. Um next up we're gonna go ahead into the news and with our new sections, we sort of like, you know, uh rapid firing slash like you know, do doing a deep discussion on the news if it warrants it. Um so this week it's pretty light, you know, seeing how we came out of E3. E3 was a huge dump of news. So try, honestly, trying to find news for this week, I was like, dang, like, what have we not talked <laughs> what about? What don't we have? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but I was able to pick out a couple of things. Um, the first up is something really, it's, it's something that's been happening over time, but now it's it's starting to, like, you know, catch wind is starting to pick up, but EA, um, <laughs> oh boy. Like you just, that's all you have to say is EA and just anything after that is we all know. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, in the UK, um, I think this happened in the UK. They were talking to the gambling commission and of course EA is like the, on um, in the, forefront of loot boxes so uh with that with like them trying to defend it they said that uh, they they refuse to use the term loot box they prefer to use the, the term surprise mechanics and they're like you know it's not really gambling but it's it's ethical and it's actually pretty fun it's, it's like surprise mechanics like, yeah, yeah. I, I was reading on that, and they were they were trying to uh, they were trying to liken it to a toy. They're like, oh, it's like a toy surprise mechanic, like like a jack in a box. And I'm like, bruh, like, do you understand what you just said? You're saying gambling, 
these you're you're paying money like and then they're like oh no no well it's it's like trading cards you know you don't you don't know what you're gonna get in trading cards I'm like but that's tangible and there's value I can't sell a skin uh like like but the fact that they tried to liken it to a toy I'm like so you're saying that we should like children should be allowed to gamble with money like that's 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 fun that's a toy for children that's what you're saying I okay my (laughs) thing is like how how can they sit back and say it's it's ethical? Yeah, like, there's no ethical. They have like, the can't... audacity to like try. Like I understand, like they're trying to save the money, they're trying to make the money. I understand that, but let's come on, let's be real. Like, like talking about kids, like I mean, like like okay, I get that the World Health Organization just came out with gaming addiction, but gambling addiction is a real thing. Like, and you're saying, oh, it's ethical to expose children to this. <laughs> Like, like, come on, man. Like, that's just one of those things. Like, you, like, it's kids, dude. It's kids. You can't do that to kids. And and know it's funny. Like their whole um, stance of like it's you know, it's it's surprise mechanics. Like, and that's supposed to be fun. If if you if you know, viewers, like if you guys ever either played a video game with me, watched any of my streams, watched me play Overwatch. Just for an example, like, I have the worst luck with this. Like, it's like, surprise, you have nothing. <laughs> no. So, I, you know, when I hear stuff like that, I just, I couldn't be, I, me personally, I couldn't be in that predicament where I would have to defend this. Like, I, if, if that was my job, I'd be like, hey, I'm passing, I'm passing this case. I can't do it. <laughs> GG. Like, <laughs> Like, like, I mean, my thing was, is that, like, and this was me, at what point have you ever been surprised enough that it's worth $5 for something that you'll never keep? Like, like, think about that for a second. Like, you're sitting there saying, like, it's a surprise mechanic. Okay, well, how many, how often is a jack-in-a-box surprising? Like, once. How often is, like, getting, like, with trading cards, it's a little different. Like, I can understand that. I'm not giving them, I'm not saying that that's okay. But what I am saying is, it's like, you're like, how often have you been surprised? Like in a game, like when you got an item, like you're just like, I, so, so here's, that's the funny part. I get surprised when I get anything. That's how, <laughs> right? that's how bad my luck is. Is that, Oh wow. They actually threw an Epic at me. That's <laughs> actually, wait, am I, wait, is that like the defense for it? Is, is it yeah, that, like, you know, they're like, oh, that, you're surprised like, you got something. I'm surprised I'm actually getting something. No, that's not, see, but then at that point, that's not fun. Yeah, that's not fun. That's literally game theory. You're, you're having to grind it out. Like a Destiny, even Destiny's that way. You have to grind it out to then get the item that you want. And it's like, that's no longer at that point it's no longer surprise it's just determination but if my determination is determined by my wallet size that's a problem bro when you said that i just had like a whole like ptsd like flash <laughs> of of de- like destiny 1 uh oh. not even just destiny 1 but just any like destiny 1 and 2 of like going through a raid spending hours trying to get through a raid i was like all right i need to get through this encounter to get this helmet and i'm good here it is, week six. All right, <laughs> this is the time I'm gonna get this, this helmet. 
<laughs> week 12. All right, guys, I promise you, this is it. This is the day. Week 36, guys. <laughs> At this point, everyone on my team has, like, multiple helmets. Like, yo, if I could give you my helmet, I'd give it to you. I'm like, shut up. No, this <laughs> is the day. <laughs> And then the worst part is, is you get it. Like, and especially in games, it's like you get it, and it's it's worthless, it's worthless in a month. I I want to was it Destiny? It was Destiny One when oh. I think it I think it was maybe the first or second raid where I basically like didn't get I don't know, I got stuff, but I always got repeats, so I I couldn't get the full set until the next raid came out. Oh, and then at that point, it's like, you know, you're just doing it just to, you know, have the swag at that point. Yeah, you're just trying to namesake yourself at that point. Like, yeah, no, I couldn't. And that's one of the reasons I gave up Destiny, honestly. Like, I just, like, I remember uh, Destiny second DLC. Like, that's that's what that's where I was. And I was like, I cannot get this legendary sniper rifle for the life of me. I've gotten everything else for this. I just need the sniper rifle because I always play Hunter and like that's my that's my shtick. And I could not get it. I didn't pick up like I put it down. I was like, I'll come back to it in a month and try it again. I didn't come back. Six months. Here's the kicker. Six months later, I go. I just try it just to try it. Get it <laughs> just try. Was like, are you kidding me right now? I was done. That 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 killed it for me right there. Yeah, so yeah, EA, screw yourself. We're yeah, you're not gonna yeah. you're not gonna win this one. So yeah, you're not you're not surprising children with how much money. Actually, no, that's their surprise mechanic right there, bro. It's they're surprised at how much money they spent for something they don't really care that much about. Yeah, it's it's quite ethical for them. It's fun for them, but for us, <laughs> it's disheartening. Right. All right, so moving on, uh, this is uh, this is gonna be one of those quick ones. But um, if you don't know, PlayStation, we I think how many years are we into PlayStation Four? This is like year year uh, six, maybe. Yeah, it's it's yeah. definitely at the end of its life cycle. Yeah, so um, if you remember, you know, PS2 had greatest hits, PS3 had greatest hits. Uh, with this generation, it's not greatest hits; it's called PlayStation hits. But um, <laughs> I think they, they started the whole PlayStation Hits thing last year. Uh, they're just now adding new games to it, which a couple of these games, I'm surprised. I'm not I'm not surprised that they already throwing it on, but it's it's pretty cool that they're adding it to this like already list of uh, $20 games. So um, all of these games just got marked down to 20. So if it's a game that you were you know, looking forward to or you're thinking, hey, when is that a good price? I'll pick it up. Now's the time. Um, they just added Lego Batman 3, Star Wars Battlefront, Persona 5, Horizon uh, Zero Dawn, the Complete Edition, uh, God of War 3 Remastered, uh, Resident Evil 7, Neo, and Mad Max. So I mean, That's a pretty interesting $20 list. And, like, so wait, is, is like, the new God of War, it's still main main price, isn't it? I've, I think... I I think like the normal price I've seen that right now is forty. I think that's like a it's typically around forty. Sometimes you might see it for sixty, but I've seen it float around the forty dollar price point. Okay, so it's it's not quite PlayStation hits. It'll probably be there like at end of life, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah, maybe yeah, maybe like another year or two down down the road we'll see it drop down to twenty. But um if you haven't played Horizon Zero Dawn, you know, especially with this being the complete edition, twenty bucks, that's an instant pickup. Um if you're into uh I was gonna say if you're into self what's the word? Self muted not self mutilation, but um if you if you hate yourself You're masochistic. Yeah, go ahead and pick up Neo. And uh. Uh, what should we call it? Resident Evil 7 uh, was a, I feel like it was like a step away from what you think, typically think of for a Resident Evil game. You know, they shifted to the first person. It was, um, it wasn't really like a, like an action movie like the last two, three games were. Like it sort of went back to like the formula of like a Resident Evil game, but sort of remixed as like a first person shooter. Not first person shooter, but like a first person adventure game. Uh definitely pick that up. Twenty bucks is really good for that. Oh, yeah. And then of course that is worth it. And then uh twenty bucks for Persona five. Amazing RPG. Like if you're looking for an RPG that you can pump, I think most people that I've talked to that's finished a the game, they I think their their ending time is normally like around a hundred and thirty hours to Holy finish crap. the game. Yeah, if you're looking for a bang for your buck uh, and a dope soundtrack, Persona 5 is like an easy recommendation. And of course, all the other games, too, are really good. Um, Lego Batman 3, uh, if you if you like Lego games or if you have kids or if you like Batman, <laughs> just in general, is good. Um, Mad Max, you know what's funny? Mad Max, I've, I've, I've had the game. I've played a little bit of it, but it's always been that type of game where I would play it, but then something else would come out because I'm playing, mm-hmm. I'm playing Mad Max in like a downtime. And then once something else comes out, I'm like, Oh, cool. New game. Play this. But so far I could, you know, Mad Max, like I've heard good things about it. I played a little bit of it. It's a good game. Um, any of these other games sort of stick out to you? Uh, honestly, man, you, you touched it. Uh, I mean, Mad Max, but I mean, obviously Dawn, you know, Horizon. That that's the big one. I mean, the complete edition for twenty bucks. That that for me, that's a winner. Like if I didn't already have it, and now I'm kind of just sitting there going, like, I told you, you should have waited. Like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, now it's like, you know, uh, that that's the winner for me there. Uh, God of War. Uh, I, I I'm a huge God of War fan, so I mean, the more that I can get on the new platform, the better. Um. Yeah, but no, that, I mean, for me, that would be it. The, the, that's my top three right there. God of War, Horizon, and, uh, Mad Max. Cause yeah, I'm like you. Mad Max, like, I haven't beat it yet, but every time I pick it up, I get, like, a little further. So. <laughs> yeah, and then, like, this is sort of, like, adding, like I said, adding on to a list of games that, um, they've already started doing this. So all these games are $20 games. I think, um, they have, so, like, they, the, all these games are twenty dollars. They've they have like another category of games that are marked down to forty. So I believe Spider Man, uh, Marvel Spider Man for the PS4, that's one of those games that's sort of marked down to forty. And I think the new God of War is marked down to forty, but it's not like you know a PlayStation hit yet. Um, but I'm like I'm looking at the list. Like you have uh, Doom is twenty, um, Infamous Second Son is pretty solid for twenty bucks. Uh, let's see, Last of Us Remastered, Dying Light, The Following, uh, which is pretty much like the complete edition, uh, Mortal Kombat 10, uh, Need for Speed, the Uncharted, Uncharted 4 and Uncharted, 
uh, Nathan Drake collection, not together, but separately. That's part of this $20 deal. Um, and then there's also Until Dawn and uh, the Yakuza uh, Kiwami and Yakuza Zero. So those are the ones that really stand out to me that are on this list. Of course, there are other games on it, but um, I mean, it's about time that they start doing like these greatest hits type of deals. Yeah, I mean, with the PlayStation 5 coming out next year, like, I mean, they got to start kind of getting people, you know, everything that they want on their current system. But the question really then becomes, will the PlayStation, I know PlayStation 5's got backwards compatibility, but is it going to be digital backwards compatibility? Mm. You know, I'd be, I'd be pissed because I, <laughs> I have so many digital games. And I told myself every generation is like, yo, Chris, like balance out your physical and digital so that you don't get screwed over down the road. But like that, because that's what's happened to me with the Wii U. Like the Wii U, I, I made a boneheaded decision of going digital for the Wii U. And like, you know, everything is stuck on a Wii U. And like, honestly, I don't even know where my Wii U is right now. Oh, no. It's, it's somewhere in a closet. Um, but yeah, like I, 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 I think that I'd hope that backwards compatibility would be digital as well. Yeah, I hope so too, because if, unless they're going to make Final Fantasy seven episode one for the PlayStation five as well, like that means my entire, oh, like what's a good episode. Yeah. Like, Cause it's like when episode two comes out, then it's like, Oh, well, I guess I got to go from one system to another. So it's like, yeah, I want to keep it all on one system if I can. That's a, but, yeah. that's a really good point. Like, how how are the save files going to work if, you know, these are... Because who knows when we're going to get episode two. Like, Well, they, you know it's under production. But st- but still, who, know, who knows yeah, yeah. when we're going to get episode two? How long has this been in production? So Five years. Uh. Yeah. So, I mean, we were looking at the, the PS6 at that point. Oh, man, for episode three, for the final disc. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, so uh, last up this week, um, and you know what's funny is that I completely missed this announcement, but it's still pretty cool, and we can sort of, like, open this up a little bit um, just to talk about Epic Games or the Epic Games Store because I sort of want to pick your brain on this. Uh, but the Epic Game Store, they had a promote, and I'm so mad I didn't know about this, but then again, who knows? Um, they had a promotion where, well, they just came off of, well, not they just came off of, but they, uh, they had a pretty much a summer sale. And each week at the summer sale, they were giving away a free game. Right. So, you know, that in itself is a pretty cool deal. You know, they're trying to, you know, it's a new, it's a new storefront for PC gaming. They're trying to build up their user base. So Epic, honestly, with you know, in combination of this Epic sale where they're basically giving you a free ten dollars if you're spending, I think it was over fifteen. If the game was over fifteen dollars, I think they gave you a ten dollar credit. Right. So not only were they doing that, and that's coming from Epic's pocket. It wasn't coming from the developer. Um they're also giving away free games. And they're also saying that like uh how it worked was yeah, the games are being free, but, like, it's Epic paying for these games. So um, not only did they do that through their summer sale, but now it seems like they're going to continue on and they're just going to keep doing it. Yeah, I mean, they got the they got the money through Fortnite. But I think it's a, it's a business-wise, 
it's a great move. You've been building this ridiculous surplus from Fortnite for the past like three, four years. And like, I mean, and they're also getting the, the royalties from bigger and smaller companies using their engine, which I mean, as someone who, who does game development, like on the side as a hobby, like, I use Unreal. I don't use Unity. And it's like, if, if I ever make something that takes off, like, yeah, I'm going to be paying that royalty. But I think it's amazing that they're able to do that. Cause I mean, you're right. This, this, it's all, fa- it's all user building. It, they're trying to grow. I mean, the downside is, is they had quite a few snafus like launching this because they did, I don't feel like they had quite the conversation with the developers. Um, cause initially the credit was taking away money from the developers. And then like certain developers were like, we don't want our, you know, our like borderlands was like getting discounted and like, like, you know, 2k and gearbox were like, Whoa, what the heck? <laughs> so like Epic had a rough start, but I think they're extending it to kind of make up for that. And also like, yeah, like you said, it's, it's a great way to build, users into their 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 store and and i like it because it's good for the consumer like people are like anti-epic right now because you know they're like oh well, they're they're trying to be anti-competition with exclusives i'm sorry we've been dealing with exclusives my whole life so that's nothing new um you know console exclusives were a thing and then you're also talking about you know like oh well you know they're you know they're they're in bed with with tencent and i'm like uh that's there's a difference in the political spectrum of that but like honestly on the business side like epic's got there's a reason why they're a multi-billion dollar company like you can sit here and, and knock what they're doing but if it's working then why would they stop just like with ea you know yeah um i'm like, I agree with, so, like, my, um, my whole stance on it, and, like, we, I've talked about it in previous episodes, is that I feel like people want to make it a big deal that, you know, a certain game is exclusive to a certain store, but it's not like it's exclusive to a certain platform. Like, it's still the same PC that you're already playing on, you know, and I, and I see both sides of this argument. I see where people, you know, we don't have, like, the, the autosave, you don't have like the big picture mode where if you want to play on a big screen, you can do that. You don't have your um like your controller support, like you know your customizable controller support. You know, uh, Steam they've had uh, years to build up like a great product, you know, with the Steam Store. So of course, you know, Valve is gonna have the superior storefront, but. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I think what Epic Games, what they're doing with their store is really commendable. Like they're giving out free games, they're giving out these free credits. At some point, I feel like they're gonna be like, hey, like just log in so we could PayPal you five bucks. Like just, come on, people, <laughs> like, just show up. Just I mean, show up money. I, yeah, and like I'm for it. Like I'm for like the, the, the whole like competition. Like I want to see what uh, Valve will do to bring up the steam store. Like I want to see them like revamp the store a little bit. I want to see them like, I want to see them do like the whole like free game thing every couple of weeks. Like Epic has been on a roll with giving away free games every couple of weeks. Now it's going to be a free game every week. So of course, you know, you're going to run into a lot of like walking simulators and like, uh, like really indie stuff, but you can't really say that you have nothing to play now. Like you'll have something free and new to play every week. 
Yeah, and it's yours to keep. But I think the other thing is, and to touch on, you know, the the controller support is Epic's putting that on the developer to make that support. Like I don't, and I don't see that as a bad thing because, like, okay, Steam may support controllers and all of this, but Windows has been controlling, like, supporting my Xbox controller for years. And like, I mean, a prime example, Total War. There's no controller support. It doesn't matter that I have it on Steam. I still can't use my controller to play the game. Like, you still have to keyboard mouse it. So it's like, what good does all that support do if the developer doesn't use it? Yeah. Um, and and I think the thing I like, like, but if you really want to know, like, what what Techie, what Quentin is is hoping for, I don't know if you've been keeping your, your ear to the ground on this one, but the, the GOG 2.0, Galaxy 2.0, I've been seeing article after article about how they're really pushing this one UI and if they pull it off, that's it for me. Like, I'm done. Because mm. I hate multiple launchers, man. I hate having that clutter on my taskbar. But essentially, like, uh, from the media demos and what I had a couple insider friends show and tell me. Well, dude, go, I was going to say, go ahead, and, go ahead and break it down for, not only for me, but go ahead and break it down for the people. What are you talking about right now? Okay, so GOG, uh, good old gamers, I think is what it is. Uh, it's essentially uh, CD Projekt Red's launcher. Um, uh, you probably remember it from the GameStop credit that we got for Free Witcher. Uh, mm-hmm. That was yeah. So that launcher, they they're very big on DRM free. You know, so they want you to just own the game, do whatever you want with the game. Like it's yours once you bought it. We're not gonna have any control over it. We're just the like we're just a launcher to just kind of keep everything nice and organized for you. Well, now they're taking it a step further and they're saying, we want to incorporate everything from every single launcher you have, Origin, Steam, Epic, you, you play. Like we want, we want to be able to essentially all your achievements, all your friends, your chat ability, we want to be able to make it all integrated into one UI. So that way you don't have to sit here and go through all this stuff. And like from the demo of it, it's super impressive. So you can give it, you log in, you verify your account, like with like your Steam account, for example, and it will, it will import your entire Steam library. It automatically authenticates the game. So that way you never have to launch Steam. You don't see Steam launch at all. It just launches the game. Uh, origin already does it like at least like they've got the big name ones pretty much worked out and the cool part is is it's open source so if someone wants to make a random plug in that's like oh sort all games that start with like i don't know that has a anime curl on the front thing it's open source so you can create a plugin that literally like your library will sort to have all anime picture girls first like i mean it's it's kind of ridiculous the way you can work this thing and how niche you can make it but that's their goal is they want to be just the one ui source so you don't have to have a clutter of different launchers and you're not losing your friends by switching launchers so that's kind of like the big thing that everyone was mad about with epic how epic was immediately sniffing the uh the your user information from steam but it didn't actually import it over. Well, GOG is like, we, it's only if you give us permission, but that way we'll integrate everything. So you can chat to your friends who are playing on Origin and Steam at the same time. That's crazy. I had no idea that was going on. Yeah, it's in the works. And the coolest part is, is it's also pushing like achievements. So if you get like if your Steam achievements will show up 
in in uh, Galaxy 2.0, your your uh, origin achievements, your save data. Like they're they're working on getting the save data. There's still some like bugs, obviously, because it's still in like pre-beta, so to say. But the demos of it that they did do was impressive. Like honestly, dude. I was like, that was going to be my like master project, you know, like when I was going for my master's was to make a one UI. But if, if these guys are going to pull it off and I mean, it's CD project red, it's not like they don't have money to do this. Like I'm, I'm down to do it this way. I would much rather do it that way. So it's cool that Epic's doing these free games and like, I'll probably still check into the store for the free stuff. But like, I mean, aside from the sales, obviously I don't like, I, they didn't quite elaborate how they're going to work the multiple storefronts. I think you they may from, have from like, it sounds it sounds like it's just a like a it's going to be like a unified game launcher. Right, but the thing is is that it's not it's it's more than just that because it's going to be able to access the achievements, your friends list, your chat ability and you'll be able to like cross platform chat. So like that's that's the other part. So it's completely integrated. The question I guess would really be is like I guess how are they going to completely integrate the storefronts? I could see them actually doing it in a very like it's not it wouldn't be hard to do if it's like, for example, uh, you kind of it's almost like walking into a mall. You see all the stores right there and you just decide which one like, you know, OK, I can't buy Mass Effect anywhere else. I can only buy it from Origin. So you buy Mass Effect from the Origin store and it pops into your universal library. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. I was going to say because that's that's how um, Amazon products work on iOS devices. So. Right now, like I'm jumping into like I I fell in love with Audible. Like I'm listening to you know books on the way to work, or you know sometimes while I'm at work, while I'm working out, while I'm like doing different things. But the thing is, is that if I want to get a new book, I can't do it through the app. I have to I have to like go through a web browser uh, through Audible to like purchase the book. And then it like it's like, all right, cool, you purchased the book. Do you want to open the app now? I'm like, okay. I just sort of wish I could just do this in the app, but appreciate it. Yeah, so I think what Gog is what the Galaxy is gonna try to do is essentially do that, but still do it in their UI. So you should be able to make that purchase. It it validates through the origin store and then pops into your game feed. So that way again, I, I you bet you to. what they're gonna do is they're gonna open up like a like a browser in the application so that that's basically what you're doing you're buying the games from the storefront on a web browser and then after you purchase it it's like all right cool we're gonna take you back to uh the actual app and you can start playing your game right and i mean like i'd still be okay with that like i mean steam does that with you play but like i i would be okay because then that means everything's in one place and i don't have like i don't have to sit here and sift through like all my different directories to try to make sure everything's just right. Like I just want like one thing to be like, Oh, and like the way they were showing like organization, like you can organize by like hours played or alphabet. Like it was so ridiculous. And like, literally they showed a guy and like, this is, it's dumb. But like in the demo that my friend in the media was telling me about, he's like, literally like someone was like, if you wanted to make a UI, like a plugin that's like organized all your games based on fart ratings, you could do that. What? And I was, I was like, what? So like, like it makes me a little concerned, but it's open source. So I'm like, okay, well if it's open source, that means literally anyone can just build a plugin. If they're that desperate to make a fart plugin, they can do it. Uh, But you know, it like based on what they're making, it looks super solid. It runs really smooth. Um, 
both of my friends in the media that I had tell me about this both told me um, that they didn't see any hangups. Like they were like, like the demo was literally like no one had an account. Someone created an account, logged in, validated like two of their other gamer tags and you watched it instantly poured them in and you watched how seamless it was to like launch a game without ever seeing steam launch launch a game without ever seeing origin launch and then like all of that so like i was really impressed like with what they told me and i've like i've seen a couple articles on it but now that i've had two people who i witnessed it working i'm really excited for them to make a public announcement about it that's that's dope like i and it's it's sort of, I feel like that's sort of leaning into like the whole like, uh, like future, like digital storefront, like, you know, how people are sort of iffy about the whole digital future. But if companies are making strides on like making a lot of this seem easier, seem better, seem like they have the whole ease of use, I think that's going to be a great way of getting, you know, the all physical people to be okay with downloading their games. Yeah. And like you said, and like you said, they're, um, uh, they're like if you buy games from their store, you know, no DRM. So like you own it. You don't have to like you don't have to be online to play the game. Uh, you don't have to have some sort of like online check every so often. It's like no, you own the game. It's you could download it however you want to. You're good to go. And yeah. that's uh, hey, listen. Like I said uh, a little earlier, this is. This is the type of competition that's good for the industry. It's good for the consumer. Like, I want to see how other companies are going to react. Oh, and hope, hopefully they'll react in a good way. Hopefully they're not going to be like, oh, we're not going to, we're not going to play nice. We're going to take our ball and bring it back home type of thing. But right. it's, yeah, I'm actually, you know, interested to see where this goes. Yeah. So. So uh, with that, we're going to go ahead and um, sort of go into our topic for the week. And Quentin, my man, you coming, you know, fresh off of the press from E3. I, I sort of want to, like, give the people an impression of, like, your experience of being at E3. Um, like, what, what was it like? What was the whole experience like? Okay, so... E3, like, I don't know how many people know, but E3, like, was, like, pseudo open to the public, but, like, became officially open to the public, like, I think, like, last year or two within the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, for me, um, so I got my ticket uh, and then, you know, booked my flight and all this kind of crazy stuff. And so you get there and it's just, like, in a weird way, it's kind of just like any other con or festival that you might go to but the feeling there is incredibly different like i mean they've got like these huge posters and billboards and like i mean hotels are like got these like full-length banners like i mean borderlands had their own like side of an apartment complex like it's it's just this like huge like three blocks of just like nothing but game stuff going on but like you as a gamer, like, so the, the normal public gets what they call a gamer pass. And, um, so you're not allowed technically, you don't get to do like the backstage, uh, meetings. Like you don't get to see some of the, like the extra demos that they're doing just for the media or the industry people. Um, and like your, your hours, the first two days of going in are limited. So, um, the first day you go in, you only get like five hours. Uh, you get, 
Yeah. You get five hours to kind of see the place and everything. And the second day you get seven hours and then finally get the full day. Um, so the first day, like you walk, they finally like open up the doors and let you in. And it's just, you're, you're kind of awestruck because, you know, for this being like for the longest time, just being an industry thing with a lot of people networking and, and selling and like, you know, wowing the media, like there's a lot of fan stuff going on. Like literally the first thing I saw as I got up the escalator to the main floor was final, like final fantasy banners and like a huge section to the left where it's just like nothing but final fantasy seven stuff. Like uh, they even had um, the motorcycle uh, that, you, that cloud uses in it looked like the one from advent children, but it's actually, I think it's the one that they're going to be using for the first game in the motorcycle scene. And you actually can like take a picture on it. Like you get to sit on it and take a picture and it was like dope. Um, and then like, I mean, it's just a, like people are moving all over the place. It's like nonstop and it's, it's not loud, but it's definitely busy. Um, so then you go into the main floor. So E3 is divided. Well, this year was divided into like three main sections. I would call it. You got the West hall, the South hall, and then you got the Microsoft Coliseum. And the Coliseum's also where they made the big announcements and everything else. Um, so I spent day one and day two and like the West Hall, because as soon as you walk into the West Hall, like the first two things you see is on the right, Final Fantasy. On the left, Borderlands. Like that, like that kind of sets the tone for you about what E3 is about. Like these two companies bidded for the front row, like in your face. This is what we want you to see. Um, and then so you got, wait, like, so are you saying they, they had like the, they, they paid for like the, pretty much the first thing that you saw coming in, right? Yeah. So like when you walked into West Hall, so you had like the main, like the kind of like the entryway and that's where I saw mm-hmm. like the Final Fantasy banners and stuff. And then like you go into the actual like, you know, like exhibition and vendor space. And like okay. when you walk in there, that's the first thing you saw. Like, uh, there was other like smaller doors that could take you over to like the humongous Fortnite zone, but like, oh, no, did you, you did you have a chance to uh do the? I saw that I saw on Twitter they had like a, a little booth where like you could do a competition to do the Fortnite dances. Oh yeah, no, I because I'm not a big Fortnite person. I, <laughs> I no, I kind of like I I checked it out because I was like, well, you know, I went there to not only like live a childhood dream of being at E3, but I also went to do a lot of networking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I'll talk about that in a little bit, but yeah, like the big thing was like the games, like obviously these companies were really pushing the games. And I mean, I feel like the press presentations that they give right before E3 starts. So what a lot of people think that like E3 and like the Microsoft announcement are at the same time. They're not. E3 actually starts on a Tuesday and this, the announcement was on a Sunday. Yeah. So some, sometimes people get those mixed up a little bit. Um, but like Microsoft, their Coliseum focus really big on gears. There was like one CFDs thing, but really gears was like their big push and, um, and their Xbox controller, the new elite. Um, I got to get my hands on it for a minute. That thing is dope, dude. Like I'm, I'm getting my, like I'm buying one hands down. So, I know it costs more, but it's worth it. So, so real quick, you brought up a good point. Cause I, I feel like a lot of, like you said, a lot of people sort of get that mixed up of like, you know, what day is actually E3. And you brought up another really big point of, like, what they show is sort of different from what you see 
when you're at E3 proper. Um, right. Because when you look at the Microsoft reveals and everything like that, they they acknowledged Gears of War. They they talked about Gears of War, but they didn't really show Gears of War. So that's really where it was open for the people that are actually there that actually went to E3 to actually get their hands on Gears. Because I'm guessing you did you have a chance to get your hands on it? Yeah, yeah. I got to play the new game mode. Um, and it's actually pretty cool. Um, so essentially, like, I, I can't, the name escapes, the, the mode escapes me right now. But effectively what it is, is you, like, your whole goal is to, like, plant a bomb and then get out. Like, you gotta, it's it's kind of like Horde meets Escape, almost. Like, it's it's actually, I think that's actually what it's called, is Escape. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's actually what it's called. But, yeah, so, like, it, and it's awesome. Um, uh, ironically, my best friend, Billy, he was out there, uh, he, his cousin, got him an insider pass lucky fill in the blank words there um but so me and him got to play that together and it was awesome like i mean the coordination the the free flowingness of it like it it doesn't it's got the classic gear movement but it's not so like i always think gear is clunky like when you're hitting a, you know cover heavy, and, yeah it's a heavy game like you, it's, you feel the weight yeah, there's definitely weight, but it's not as heavy, at least in my playthrough. And they could very well change that, you know, when you play with a different character. But I just, when I played it, it was very, like, I was able to move a lot faster. Like, I was able to keep up with the, the my normal pace of speed that I like to play shooters in. Um, so that was really cool. But, like, so Microsoft, actually, the place where they did their press announcement is actually the place where they did their demos. Uh, because that's actually in a Microsoft-owned building. See, and, uh, and looking at the conference, I was looking at the stage, and I was like, that stage looks sort of looks weird because you see all of these setups, and I'm like, hmm, I wonder if they're gonna t- uh, do some sort of like, oh, you know, everyone that's on the stage right now, they're playing like a live match of Gears, so it makes sense that you know that that was like part of the whole setup. Yeah, yeah, because once you got there and, like, the seats were empty, like, I went on the the third day, which was kind of a mistake because there was some awesome Microsoft swag I missed out on. But I did get, like, a free, like, year subscription to Game Pass, so that was pretty cool. Um, Yeah, it was, was, like, a random, like, they just hand you this card and you had to do three things and then you, like, see how much of it you got. Like, someone got three months and I got, like, the whole year so. And the cool part was it stacks on top of the dollar promotion. So I was like, oh, well then. Um, so I got like three years of game pass for like five bucks, um, which I mean, I don't know how I feel about it, but at least, you know, I was like, I'll give it a shot. Sure. But so Microsoft was solid. Um, it's, I mean, and you're in like, they don't change the effects. They don't just turn it into a boring theater with just their game props. Like they left everything up the way you saw it in E3, which like, as far as getting that feeling and also the fun part for me was I actually got to stand on the stage where Phil Spencer stood at like, and Keanu Reeves was. So like, that was a win for me. I got to, I was like, I I'm standing where Keanu Reeves stood just a few say, days how many, ago. How many, how many people were like taking picture theirs and like hugging the stage? Right. Like, so a lot of people were, I think because I was there so late, I think that, that novelty had worn off because they were there just to kind of play the game mm-hmm. but, or the games. But like, yeah, no, when I like I had to soak it in, like uh, I like when I walked out to the Coliseum, I was just like I had to soak in. Like it was just like this is where Keanu Reeves told someone they were breathtaking. So <laughs> we're, uh, <laughs> we're all breathtaking, sir. We're all right? breathtaking. So, yeah, I had to do that. But, yeah, so going back to day one, though, um, I spent a lot of time like. 
uh, Final Fantasy, they handed you these tickets, right? So that was like the very first thing I did because of like childhood entertainment, childhood, obviously. So uh, I got my ticket and it's like kind of like a movie theater. You're like, oh, wait, so they're just going to like show me a demo of some stuff or, you know, just some media hype or whatever. And it's like you finally go through the line and they send like and I was kind of like, I'm not going to lie, square, uh, square up your up your presentation game like everyone else had these like nice comfy like bleacher seats to sit in and stuff you had like these metal benches that you had to come and sit in i was like i was like oh man i I think i just like spent two hours waiting to get gypped uh like i'm like this isn't looking well and so like you know they kind of give you like the the presentation and then all of a sudden they start telling you about how to play the game and i'm like no way there's there's no way and then so finally like the that ends and they go okay guys we're gonna give you uh 30 minutes to try the demo and i lost it <laughs> i was like what are you serious <laughs> right now and they were like yeah no we, we got a demo for you guys to play and so they take you into this back room and there's just like six rows of playstations uh playstation controllers with these big screen tvs each each person has their own individual big screen tv you put on your headset you turn up the volume to for noise cancellation and you start playing the demo and it's the very first mission demo so you start like already inside the reactor and like so you get a couple small fights and then you fight the boss and it's just so it's so good like so so like the bit that you played like is it is it you know the like the gameplay is it like as smooth as like they made it out to be in the videos like how how was everything oh dude yeah like my only like if i had to give them a solid critique and it's a very obvious like this is beta because like they haven't optimized the graphics and what i mean by that is like for example cloud's hair like you could tell he definitely had the main layout set up correct but like the the pixels that edge his hair were very jagged and noticeable um, so like, obviously there's a lot of polishing. Oh, sorry. I think I've got a sneeze. <coughs> sorry oh, about that. Bless you. You're good. Uh, yeah. So, um, he, uh, like the, the pixels around his hair were a little n- too noticeable, but like the gameplay, dude, it like it. So a lot of people are trying to compare it to final fantasy 15, And I can't quite, I would say it's actually closer to Kingdom Hearts. Like, every slash I did with Cloud was, like, perfectly synced with the button. Like, when I switched, like, the the thing I do agree is, like, character switching. So, like, Mm -hmm. I would switch back and forth between Cloud and Barrett a lot to, like, uh, strategize. Because the cool part is, is they're adding this feature where you can slow down time to, like, give, to issue orders to the other characters. So it's not quite turn-based, but it's not full-on action either. Like, you can slow time down to, like, do what you need to do and then go right back into the pace. Um, limit breaks are, are now, like, kind of, like, cutscene special abilities, which gives them more weight. I like that. But, like, they've also added this thing I'm not a fan of, a call, like your ATP is no longer like a timer. It's more like a, it's like a skill limit. So like you build up ATP using normal attacks. And then, so then you use your ATP for either items, magic or special abilities. Um, and like that, I, I like that strategy aspect, but I'm, I'm curious on how, how we're going to, they're going to manage that, especially when I'm ready to fight like Ultima weapon, you know, me thinking way down the line. Yeah. Um, so that that'll be an interesting thing to see, but it, like as far as like just straight up movement gameplay, super solid, buttery smooth. Like I didn't have any issues. Uh, my friend 
uh, noctis. She didn't have any issues. It was great. Like literally I couldn't get the smile off my face. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm sort of like trying to, I'm envisioning myself like in, in this story and, God damn, man. The game sounds really good. Like, I can't, I can't wait until next year. Oh, yeah, dude. Uh, my Okay, so this is the one, like, the only thing that kind of slightly broke it for me. Um, Braver, the, remember the very first limit break, Braver, where mm-hmm. he just runs up? That's now just an ability. It's not a, It's not the limit break. Mm, His limit break now is Cross Slash, which is, like, for anyone who's a hardcore Final Fantasy nerd like me, like, that's his like that's a that's a limit break further down the line. That's not that shouldn't be his first true limit break, but now that is his first true limit break. Uh, I mean maybe because it was the demo they tried to because sometimes in demos they try to like give you stuff that you you shouldn't have at that point. Yeah, and that's what I'm hoping for. But Braver should have still been considered a limit break, you you yeah. know. And so that's why I was just like, oh, this is weird. But I think it's also maybe because like even in like Smash, and this is the way my logic was. It's like Smash Bros. Cross Slash is the is the one you get. Cross Slash, you get Blade Beam, you get Climb Hazard. Braver is not a limit break anymore. Uh, so I'm like, all right, well maybe that's just how they're they're moving his ability and like Barrett's uh, limit break is a little different too. So like there's, there's some changes, but they're welcome changes. Like, and also they're like, they're emphasizing character sh- shifting. Like I switched to Barrett actually more often than I, I thought I would. And I never liked Barrett in the game. Like I never used him. Um, and now I was because it's like, there's like, for example, sentries that might be above you and mm-hmm. Barrett has long distance attacks. So you need to switch to him and well, either switch to him or have him target that thing before you play cloud more. Cause cloud can't do anything to that. He can only work on the things right in front of you. And I, I'm guessing like the further along you get into the game and like the other characters that you get, they're going to add more like mechanics to that. So it man, like I, I feel like this this wait that we've had for this game is from from what I've heard, especially from you, from like uh, impressions online, like it's it's looking to be one of those games that's going to live up to you know the expectations. Yeah, I feel like the wait is definitely going to be worth it, especially because like they're actually like they, remember the really weird scenes in Final Fantasy VII that like we just kind of learned to love them and accept them for what they were after we understood the story, but like yeah. it didn't make a whole lot of sense. Now we're actually getting like because the cool part was is I like I got to see scenes like they actually they didn't just make it just gameplay there was actual cutscenes in the game as well mm-hmm. and so the, like in the demo and so there's very they were small but yeah I got to see them and they like it fill it started to make more sense about like wh- who Cloud really was and everything so I'm like I I feel like there is a slight um. They're gonna. They might have to do some slight retconning of the story. I think they're gonna be very small retcons, in the sense of like maybe Cloud's amnesia is not as bad as we thought it was. Like I think it might have just been like misportrayed because it seemed like he was very much more aware of things. Um, but yeah, it, it it's gonna be an amazing game. Uh, I'm glad I waited as long as I had, and I'm super excited to get my hands on it. Nice. So. Um... Besides the like the Microsoft stuff, any were you able to check out the EA Play or um, any of the other booths? So EA Play actually is its own event, 
and like you have to get a completely separate ticket for. So EA Play is actually before E3. It's actually like the Friday and Saturday before, and it's like a hundred extra some odd dollars. Mm. And so just for scheduling and like I was already taking off a week of school to go down. Like I didn't want to miss like a week and a half of school. Yeah. I missed EA Play. Um, but at least from what I could tell, um, and from the people that I spoke to, we really didn't miss a whole Yeah, I was going to say, you didn't really miss too much. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like, I, and I don't like saying it, but that was how I felt at the Bethesda booth. Like, they were in the back, they, they were really kind of to themselves, and, well, they weren't really too, completely to themselves, but, like, the, their their booth was just as lackluster as their conference was. Like, I feel like the conferences were in like improportionally related to their booth size and their presence and what they were offering to people. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Like I, I could sort of, like I could, I could see that because um, like, for example, for like Bethesda, like I, I think I, this is one of their down years. So, you know, why, why spend like the extra money for, you know, your, for games that aren't going to be like your blockbusters, I guess. Yeah, like there was another Rage 2 demo and I was kind of scratching my head on why are it, why is anyone demoing Rage 2 right now? Uh they did have Wolfenstein Youngblood which I mean I I got that uh pre-ordered because of uh my Nvidia card deal and uh that was a lot of fun. Like it's going to be it's the classic Wolfenstein kill kill mm-hmm. kill. Um Doom like I mean the games are solid but like yeah, I just I didn't spend a whole lot of time. I went in found some like swag that I really liked and left. Um, but Borderlands three, however, that as far as like booth at EA, well, E3 winner, they had the best booth there aside from a, a gaming chair company, which I'm going to, I, I got to plug them later. Cause they're, they're super awesome. But uh, like, no Borderlands three, they were they like you get into this line they have live streamers there who are streaming the game you can see them streaming the game like they have these like clear glass offices that you can like look into and these like famous twitch streamers are like streaming there um okay yeah like i didn't know the streamers right off the top of my head but i've seen their faces on the front page before so i'm like oh these like these people got invited to promote this game um and they were they were live streaming it um, then you had like, you kind of like while you waited, like the, they even had like Red Bull people come out to like, if your line was really long, like the Red Bull people gave you free Red Bull. Um, and then so <laughs> how, then you go, how long, and, how long was the line? Oh, dude. So the first day the line was over three hours long. Um, I didn't, so I just, I was like, nope, not doing that. I'm going to go look at everything else. We only have five hours today. And I wasted two hours at, uh, Cyberpunk and I ended up wasting the rest of my time at, uh, Final Fantasy. Um, but yeah, so you go around this long line and you, uh, you finally get in and you get into this nice comfy area where they like show you how the, like each character that is available for the demo, which the cool part was they actually unlocked all but one. Um, so you actually, they, and they told you, like they showed you each skill tree, how the skill trees can work. And this time what I really like about Borderlands is unlike having to pick just one skill tree and, oh, this is. I just get to pick from this skill tree and this is the only abilities I get to see. You get to equip two skill trees and instead of having like a limit break, you actually get like a special ability that you can call and then a cooldown occurs. So it gives you more access to be more flexible. Huh. Yeah. So like you're, so you're, 
basically you're you're pulling abilities from two different trees while you're playing now. Right. So uh, I played a Zane in my demo, um, and he's got a bot, he's got a uh, a digi clone, and he's got a like digi shield. Those are his three skill trees. And so I picked the bot and the digi clone so I could be like all offense effectively. Um, and I get and I like I leveled up the bots like reload speed and ammo capacity and the digi clone I made him last longer and like have higher attack power and so pretty much like while I'm and each one is like a bumper press so left bumper for digi clone and right bumper you know that's just where I had them equipped yeah. and then, you know and then off you go and so yeah and the combat felt good it was it was a lot heavier than I'm used to from Borderlands. I'm used to sprinting, feeling very light. It felt very weighty, um, which was uh, different for sure. But I definitely like the direction they're going with this game. Uh, you get more worlds to visit. You're not locked to one planet. Um, your characters all have like like the synergistic effects of using your characters together. Um, in fact, Moe's, the... She's kind of like the Gunzerker meets the Techomancer kind of hybrid. Mm -hmm. She has uh, one of her special abilities actually has like a thing where your other where another character can hop on its back and control or shoot, like control a top gun turret or shoot their own gun from the top of her mech. And I was like, so there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of synergy going on. Yeah, they started looking into that. Like uh, Zane, his his shield ability might be more useful. The siren this time, Amara, like apparently she's got a synergistic effect. So like, there's gonna be more team based things. And also like, you don't have to duel for loot anymore. Uh, like you can just give like the it's still one loot like per universe, so to say. So like, you and your friends will vie for the like vie for it. But the cool part is, is you they can they can directly send it to you like say they log out and they start playing their own game they can actually deposit their like a shield that they may know you need into like um a friend bank so to say and you can go pick it up so so, like, so when they when they're saying that when you're playing um like the loot is like it's sort of tied to your instance um right so like if something drops you know i go pick it up but then on your screen you see your own loot is it sort of like that? Mm, it's not like Destiny where you get your own, where everyone gets their own loot. It's still very much a shared loot system, but it's like in the sense of like, say I'm playing my own solo campaign, right? Mm -hmm. And I pick up this really awesome shotgun, but it's it's not it's under my level. It doesn't really work for me. Uh, and you're more of a shotgun player, and you're playing your own solo campaign. I can go up to a vending machine, deposit or sell my gun. You can go buy it. Or huh. I can have it, quote-unquote, mailed to you. And that way, like, you can actually get it, and you could use it. And if you and I are on two totally different levels, unlike we're Borderlands 2 and 1, where if you were 1 and I was 50, every monster was at 50, and you were just going to have to die a lot until you leveled up, like, now it's actually going to mix the level. So for you, that enemy will be a level 1, and that for me, that same enemy will be a level 50. Mm, so pretty much like you could they're they're letting you play with like let's say you know you've been playing the game for like 30 hours i just jump into the game with older games it's like dang like do i create a new character like what do i do um now you're able to just jump in with that same character uh still get loot that 
makes sense for your character while I'm playing and I'm doing damage to an enemy and I'm, I'm not worrying about like uh, getting destroyed because I'm underleveled. Right, yeah, because that was one of the big issues with their raids, um, was that, like, you know, your character, if he's level 10 and I'm level 50, you're only doing level 10 damage to a level mm-hmm. 50 monster. Uh, that was a big deal, and a lot of people hated that I was one of them. But it seems like they've kind of found a way to make it so it's like, oh, even if your friend is underleveled, you two can still play together and enjoy the game. And that's good. Like, I, I like that um, game developers are making... They're making games more accessible so that, you know, issues like that, you really don't have to worry about anymore. You could sort of just jump into these games and play with your friends. Because at the end of the day, that's, that's what you're really buying these games for. Like, you're, 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 you're playing with friends as a social, you know, as a social thing. So, um, that's, that's good to hear. It's good to hear, you know, like firsthand that you don't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah, and then I guess the last note for Borderlands 3 is uh, they did release a new DLC completely free for Borderlands 2, and it's the it is the connecting DLC, and it's like it's pretty in depth. Like there's a there's a, quite a bit of gameplay. Um, I've downloaded it. I'm actually going to be live streaming it either this coming week or the following. Um, but it's essentially the connecting story between Borderlands 2 and 3. Yeah, so I actually read up on that earlier today because I was looking at a trailer for it and they had like small print and an asterisk. And I was like, damn, let me pause this video and see what this asterisk is about. So it's, it's like you said, you know, it's free to play, but it's free to play up until a certain time. So if you can, go ahead and just redeem the free download now before they do whatever, like, um, before they either charge you for it, or I'm pretty sure they'll charge you for it, but, yeah, go ahead and, and just download it now, so that you can have access to it. Yeah, yeah, and I think sure. and I And I think the date that I saw was, like, July 10th, July 15th, something like that. Let's, let's just go with July 10th, like, just make sure that you have it downloaded by then. Yeah, so everyone, make sure you just get it, you get it at least downloaded and validated before then, so that way you're not having to, you know, possibly spend money. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's the in-between story of how we, for example, get a flying ship for a base. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, it fills in a lot. And also, I'm wondering, because, and here's here's some speculation, uh, it, Lilith says uh and it's it, this is public video now she goes uh there's six sirens in the universe i should know i was one of them hmm. um so there's a lot of speculation that the dlc was going to tell us how apparently she's not a siren anymore and the other question is is you know we've always been told that sirens were only female well the lead characters um, one of them has got the blue glow of a siren, but the male has a red glow and has, it looks like siren-esque looking powers. So we're actually really kind of curious. Like, I want to know, I'm like, is it actually possible for there to be male sirens? So we'll, we'll see how the Calypso twins work out. But yeah, like I'm, I, it, it, it made me have a lot more questions. That's, the, see, and that's, that's what I was saying before about like how, um, how Gearbox are able to like give you like a story that you somewhat care like lore that you care about in a loot shooter like who, when was the last time you played Destiny and Destiny gave you a story that you actually cared about? 
<laughs> now, now I'm I, I'm saying that in jest. They've gotten better with the storytelling over time, um, but still, like you know, Gearbox has always done a great job with their story. I still want to give them. I like I I want to give them kudos for that. Like, that's definitely a plus. Uh, but here's my question though: You were saying that the movement was weighty. Like, what's like the mobility like? Like moving around. Like, are you? Uh, does it sort of feel like um, like Titanfall, like sort of like that, or? Well, they did actually. Uh, if I'm, and I'm hoping I'm not misremembering, I think there is a slide mechanic that they have now. I'm pretty positive that's, that. They, yeah, that's that's they, why they, that's they why I asked that. Yeah, because I remember. Yeah. Think I see but it's not like a Titanfall slide mechanic. It's not like a oh slide to speed up. It's like a slide so you don't get shot. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but it's weightier. Like Borderlands Two, for example, you play like I played as Zero. He was my favorite, and he just felt a little Kirby-ish. Like mm-hmm. I mean, all of them did. All the characters when you jumped around, like you just stayed in the air. You hung in the air a little longer. In Borderlands Three, at least on the planet for the demo that I got to play, you don't hang in the air very long. It's very much like you go up, you come down. And I wouldn't say it's like you know, like oh, Wolfenstein or like Halo, yeah. but the, it's, it's, it's got, a, they're not as floaty as they used to be. See, and then you brought up a good point. I wonder if depending on planet, the planet it shifts around. Right. Because like, in pre-sequel yeah. you were on the moon. So you floated. Yeah. So, man, I'm excited for this game. That's, as what, September, I think September 10th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right, have you did you have a chance to check out Nintendo at all? Uh so I did. Uh Nintendo was in South Hall. Uh they had a really huge section for them not actually doing a, an E3. Um I was I was kind of surprised. Like it pretty much was like almost like a miniature Pokemon arena. Um like you just saw the gigantic switch sign and you're like, okay, well I know what's over there. And so you yeah. walked over there and then just Pokemon everything. Uh, they also had demos of some of their other games that are coming out, but like Pokemon was obviously the focus. Um, I am really impressed with what they're doing. Uh, I'm actually kind of glad, like, I, I feel like this is a low key for those who don't know. Um, you're not going to be able to catch all the Pokemon in this in Sword and Shield. Um, it's limited because first off, they couldn't make 3D models of a thousand different Pokemon. <laughs> Uh, in time and also just uh, for I think com- like computational and battle mechanics it just it didn't it didn't make sense to have that um, but I think the thing that I'm really impressed with is how they've managed to actually make it feel more open world uh, apparently now you're going to get a little bit more character customization it's not just like boy girl and they don't look anything like you I think there's like eight different skins that you can put on so there's that's kind of cool, and you can change their outfits. So I, I, I'm a big fan of character customization. Um, the new mechanics that they're using for Pokemon is going to be interesting. It's kind of like, um, oh, which one? It, it's it's kind of like Mega, but not Mega. Oh, you're talking about the um, the Gigamax? Yeah, Gigamax. Yeah. That that's interesting. I'm gonna be intrigued to see how that's gonna work in tournament settings. Um, uh, I mean, it's similar to like what they did with um, 
of like Z moves and everything like that. So, you know, you, you could use, you could use it, but you could only use it, you know, once per battle and you can only use it for three turns and then the Pokemon, right. you know, goes back down. So. Yeah. But the thing is, is this time now also your Pokemon's moves, move set change. changes. Yeah. So it's like, oh, does like, you know, does Steelix now have like, like exclusively steel moves in his Gigamax form. Like, you know, that those are questions that I'd like to see answered. Mm, yeah, um, that's a good point. But, like, at least from what I saw, graphically speaking, I haven't played Pokemon since Gen 3. Like, I played uh, the remake of Sapphire, but I still just wasn't... It didn't captivate me. Like, I didn't feel like Pokemon... Like, it just... I felt like it had gone too far off the rails, but this is the first one that I'm like, okay... You've caught my attention again. Um, and I feel like this might be their way of kind of retconning and maybe even resetting the Pokemon numbers because, like, they, it, I feel like they may have let it get out of hand a little bit when you're like, oh, yeah, I captured the god Pokemon. I captured oh, the creator. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Pokemon>. <laughs> like, like, well, hold on, what? Yeah, I mean they they definitely like gone crazy with like the like the character like the designs of the Pokemon and everything like that. But um, I'm I'm hoping that it's since games could be updated, you know, they could throw out pat, they could you know do patches and stuff like that. Just over time, we'll start seeing uh, being able to import older Pokemon because um, I know that that was a big thing. I know last week we talked about it on the show where we. Um, like I said, last week I had so much, so much wrapped up that I got half of the story. The story that I heard was that there was no national decks. The real story was that because there's no national decks, only decks that you had was one of the new region and you could only use those Pokemon. So, um, that's a huge difference than not just having a national decks, but it's, uh, I I mean, Pokemon's going to be Pokemon. I feel like it's the, the people that play for like end game, the people that play competitively, like we're going to adapt. We're going to, you know, figure out who's viable and nothing. I mean, nothing's going to change. The only thing that's going to change is like who we're using, which I think that's what they wanted to do. They wanted to change it up a little bit. So, um, I'm, I'm cool with that. Like granted, I'm a little salty that I can't bring some of my old Pokemon if it, if they don't make the cut, but I'll, I'll figure out who the new team is. Yeah, and I mean, like, I just feel like it's a good way to kind of refresh Pokemon and get people who, like, you know, they didn't catch that really rare high EV, you know, mm-hmm. like Jigglypuff that's, like, broken as all get out, and that person's been importing him for four generations. Like, you know, you know, it, it's a good way to kind of get new people in who may have been, like, kind of turned off by that. Yeah. Uh, so I think that was a solid move. I didn't get to see or really get my hands on much of the new Zelda. Though, you know, um, honestly, I I heard about it. I saw like one little demo thing about it, but that was really it. And I just kind of accepted it and was like, all right, well, uh, we'll just go from there. Yeah, and and I think with the you know the um, Link's Awakening, it sort of is what it is when you watch the videos on it. Um, if you played the original, you sort of know what you're getting yourself into. If you haven't played the original, um, it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a great game. Uh, I'm excited for it. I'm really excited for Breath of the Wild 2. Uh, that's, yeah, that was the, that was the big one. 
Um, and that's, I was surprised that there wasn't much on that. Like they, Nintendo came in focusing on Luigi's Mansion and Pokemon. Like, honestly, I think they were there just to kind of say, Hey, look, we're working on this, but it's mm-hmm. nowhere near. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and like, that, I think that's what it is. It was them saying, Hey, this is in development, you know, stay tuned. And Nintendo, they've been do they do directs, you know, all year. So, uh, down the road, we'll definitely get more news on it. Right, absolutely. Um, some of the things that weren't, uh, at least for my past level, that I may or may not have found ways to getting into, um, Techland, Dying Light 2. Mm. Uh, that was a media and industry exclusive. I found a way into that one. Uh, <laughs> I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> you don't so, you don't you don't have to divulge how right but, yeah, no. but I, needless to say like i i got to see that dude i'm so excited like you have no idea like i mean they they some of the some places around were like you know they showed the videos if like the publisher was showing the video like warner brothers mm-hmm. had a thing but like i i was determined because i saw people walking around with a statue like the media people from watching it they got a statue with it and i was like what Hold on. Where did you get this? And the guy's like, oh, it's a media pass. And I was like, hmm. So, like, and the thing was, is, like, needless to say, once they found out, they were like, yeah, we can't give you one of these statues. I was like, that's fine. I came here for what I wanted. So, yeah. But the game but the game looked good, though, right? Oh, dude, it's it looks like it, I get where they're at in the development phase. But, like, I'm like, right now, it looks like a polished Dying Light 1, but the mechanics are newer. And smoother in the free running and just like oh it just looks so good dude like i'm i'm super excited like that's one of my favorite like first person games because of the the free movement except for you know in dying light one pretty much once you get the grappling hook you become spider-man and it breaks yeah (laughs) (laughs) but like this time around like especially like because of the story you're infected this time you're not just some guy who's saving people you're not some white knight you know like you're mm-hmm. everything you do matters and like you know if you take damage it matters because you're already infected so like it there's a lot more to it um obviously i don't want to get anyone in trouble so i, I don't want to talk too much more about it but like yeah just l- needless to say the gameplay was super smooth like very impressive uh, I'm excited for them to make more announcements on it, but like, I remember, like, <laughs> I remember when I was leaving, uh, after, you know, being busted, but like, they didn't kick me out. They were nice about it. But like, I was just like, do you guys have internships? <laughs> like, like that was, <laughs> that was my, that was my like little last call about it. But yeah, they yeah. were super cool and just like, oh, dude, I'm so pumped. Like, yeah, that, that's, that's definitely up on the honorable mentions of E3. What, uh, so I'm guessing you weren't able to sneak into Cyberpunk, right? Uh, actually, no. Cyberpunk was open to the public. Oh. Uh, yeah, Cyberpunk was really dope. That was actually uh, – while I was standing in that line, I actually met some developers from, like, Naughty Dog who showed up, even though they didn't have a vending booth or anything. They were just like, yeah, yeah we just came down to check out Cyberpunk because we were fans too. And so, like, I talked and hung out with them for a couple hours while we waited in line because that was the longest line in terms of wait time. Like, mm-hmm. Borderlands, you, they kind of get you moving, but, like, Cyberpunk, that was... I sat in that line for three, three almost three and a half hours. Um, it was ridiculous for the wait, but 
the showing was really cool. I was really bummed because I didn't get my hands on that one. They did not have a hands on for Cyberpunk, which mm. for that kind of like, I was like, look, I waited two hours for Final Fantasy and got my hands on that. Why are you guys not prepared? Like, like that was my thought behind it. But, you know, um, they did show like the different styles of play, which I thought was really unique. They also showed like a, the male and female, like, like the female was actually like a, like a, a running gun type and the male was more of the sneaky hacker type. And, um, they did a lot of like the gameplay was solid. Like, I mean, it was a good 25, 30 minute demo that we got to watch them play and explain the world. And it's first person. Um, a lot of people thought it was going to be like Witcher where it's third person. It's only third person when you're traveling around. Um, but it's, it's like the gameplay itself is solid first person, um, I don't want to call it shooter because there, there's so much, like there's melee, there's gunplay, there's hack play, there's, there's a lot of different ways you can play this game. And, you know, the cool part is, is there's not a wrong way to play it. See, I've, I always got like a Deus Ex type of vibe from it. Yeah, there's definitely a, like I can see where people will feel that, but Deus Ex is nowhere near as fluid as this game is in terms of like combat. Like and that's, Deus Ex, that's good to hear because like, yeah, like, yeah, Deus Ex like gets Deus a little boxy. scripted, you know, mm-hmm. like if, like for example, when you did like a sneak attack, it's the same scripted attack over and over again. Like it's that's not the case here. Like you can wirelessly hack somebody. Like you could be in the middle of a like you could be hiding, turn around. Oh, I have this ability. Use this ability like possession or hack on this guy. Turn this tur- and then like oh, it turns out my character is also really buffed up, so I'm just gonna rip this turret off of its hinges and start shooting everyone while the guy I just hacked is now about to self detonate. Like it's like there's so oh, many. Oh wow, it's detailed. Uh-huh. Yeah, and so like the mechanics are real. Like you don't have to sit there and go oh, did I do this right or do I th-? like just go in there? Don't worry about it. Like. This is going to be the first game where I'm not going to just like continually save to be like, oh, did I play it just right? Did I like, oh, did I miss something? Did I, did I fail? You can't fail the mission. Like you may not get the results from the mission that you want, but you can't outright fail the mission unless you die. Um, which that is really cool. So it's like, oh, the asset's dead. Oh, well, well, now you're going to have to pick up what the asset left behind or, oh, you were supposed to kill this guy. Oh, well, you got caught. Well, guess what? Guess now you're going to have to destroy everyone in the building to kill that guy. Like, you know, <laughs> so like, it's, it's definitely something where like it's it's all about how you react to things and what you do based on those reactions. So, oh, yeah. Like and um, I asked the guy when the demo was over, I was like, so if, you know, I walk halfway into the mission, realize I'm not prepared and, you know, I leave to go do other missions to upgrade and then come back. You know, he's like, well, he goes, you know, depending on what you did, there may or may not be more people waiting for you, you know, when you come back. Oh, wow. Like, he's like, you know, the world doesn't stop turning just because you stopped the, that mission to go do something else. That's, oh, man, that's that's really promising. That just shows that. They have like a level of detail in the game that you really have to sort of be careful with how you play it. Yeah. Like, I mean, your build is going to determine a lot, but like, okay, say you don't kill everyone or like, say you trip an alarm and like, oh yeah. So that was a thing. Sorry. I'm like, this game is just, I I get super hyped about talking about games, but, (laughs) uh, you can actually be reverse hacked. Like if you're, if you don't have like the security protocol ready or something, you like might be trying to hack a, a camera. 
and the camera's defense or the other hacker might be able to hack you and cause a debuff or like may not be like it's like oh crap he just deactivated my infrared sensors or whatever you know like there's all sorts of ways that that they can counteract you as well Mm. that's that's cool. So I, and and I'm I'm guessing like the further along you get in the game, depending on what difficulty you're playing as, like that sort of like alters all that. Right. Like your strategy, yeah. the your style of play, the way you your character is, like there's certain enhancements like or mods that you add to your character that for example might make them more technically perceptive. So they actually get like special bars of conversation that could steer the conversation a different way depending on like what equipment or or mods or skills that or levels they have you know mm-hmm. hmm. so yeah so that's definitely be something to look forward to um i'm excited for it and like i know like just the the just the presence online the community is excited for this game and i know cd project red they're trying to move away from that you know uh crunch time workplace uh stigma that people think that you know well not people think but that has been said that that's how they operate so mm-hmm. i you know i'm all for like if they want to make this game detailed if they have to push it back a couple months like go for it you know don't rush it don't you know push this game out just you release the game you know when it needs to be released so that's, that's from what you're saying uh, the sound, the game sounds pretty good. I just, you know, at this point, I hope they just, you know, they polish everything, um, and I'm ready to play it. Oh yeah, man, that, that's where I'm at. Like honestly, 2020 is going to be the year of the heart, like the hardest year for for game of the year. Like I don't, I don't think, like honestly, I couldn't tell you who's going to win game of the year right now because, like Final Fantasy, Borderlands, Cyberpunk. Like, those three games are going to be duking it out. And honestly, I could see each one of them winning a different one. But when it comes to the Game Awards show, I don't know who's going to win Game of the Year, man. Like, honestly. That's... It's going to come It's gonna come down to whatever game is going to be the most polished. I, I honestly agree. I think the game that has less, uh, like, less bug patches mm-hmm. is probably going to be the winner. Which, like, just part of me wants to say Final Fantasy because I'm fanboying it. But I could see Cyberpunk walking away with it. Like, I mean, I could see either one of those two for sure walking away with it. And I could see Borderlands coming from behind with, like, just amazing gameplay and storytelling that we just, like, because they really haven't told us much about the story. So, like, I mean, any one of those three, because I bought the collector's edition for all three. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, like, any one of those three could win Game of the Year, and I wouldn't be surprised. All right. So, um, any... I know you said you wanted to shout out a uh, company, the the gaming chair, but like uh, besides that, any other like uh, shout outs from E3 that you want to you know talk about? Oh yeah, so um, big shout outs to some people that because like I told you earlier, I went out there to do a lot of networking. Like yeah, I had mm-hmm. my fun, but I went out there for job opportunities. Um, a huge shout out to CEO of Epic Games, Mr. Tim Sweeney. Uh, literally the man came up to me and told me about job and internship opportunities. And, uh, he, he's a super, like, I know he's been getting a lot of like media rap, but like, he's a super nice chill guy. Like I didn't know his face until he told me his name and my jaw dropped. And he was just like the entire time, just the chillest 
coolest guy I had met at E3 uh, in terms of like uh, someone with that level of influence, like multi-billionaire just walking around like no big deal. Um, you know, another one would be to uh, Taylor Balby. Uh, he uh, was a guy I met at one, just kind of like, a, I guess, uh, just a networking function. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was super cool. He introduced me to a lot of people, gave me a lot of valuable insight. Um, so Taylor, if you're listening to this, thanks again, man. I owe you the next round of drinks. Um, and yeah, so those, the two big people right there. Um, I am Brandon. He's a Twitch streamer. Uh, he's a Twitch partner. He's a really cool guy. Uh, I owe him a drink as well. So, uh, <laughs> but the, like those guys were super cool, super helpful. Uh, Connor Brown at Naughty Dog Gaming. Thank you for all the insight. Uh, my mom's students definitely loved getting the feedback and the answers that they were looking for. So yeah, as far as those, as far as non-business people, those are the people I got to definitely give a huge shout out to. <laughs> all right. And then and this, oh, this gaming chair people so i I gotta give a quick story on these people they're they handcraft every single gaming chair that they make like it's not some mass-produced factory or anything and they're canadian so obviously they're super nice but like there was a bunch of gaming chair people at e3 obviously there was a bunch of vendors i tried every single one of them and some of them were some big name people like like big big name people and i'm not going to throw them under the bus but their chairs didn't come close to this company so the company is called lf gaming and they've been in the business of ergonomic business like just ergonomic uh furniture for a while but like they just they're more newer into the gaming scene mm-hmm. hands down the best gaming chair i have ever sat in ever <laughs> like it blew me away and and i'm not going to sit here and candy coat it like their their chairs are a little pricey like they've got uh different tier packages but like uh the one that i sat in was like seriously the best thing i've ever sat in it's like memory foam they got uh like 10 year warranties on the all the frame components 5 year warranties on the material it's a poor it's like it l- feels leathery but it's a porous material fabric that comes out of Japan that's actually designed to keep your body cool. And they like line it with a cool absorbent memory foam. So you actually keep really good like posture and comfort without sacrificing heat and like sweat and grossness. Um, bro, bro. It sounds like you're sitting on a cloud. Uh, bro. That's exactly <laughs> like I was sitting on a cloud that actually gives you support. Like it was the best thing like i i went back every day like after sitting around in lines and like standing on my feet all day i would go mm-hmm. over there and like i met the president of their company like she was on the floor just you know talking like with everyone else and so like i like she saw us every day she's like oh back again and i'm like yeah do you mind if i sit she's like no help yourself like nice. you know standard canadian niceness but yeah dude no, those and the coolest part like is if the material and the the core reason that for having a chair is important you can fully customize the chair so you want your gaming logo they'll print it you want your gamer tag sewn into it they'll stitch it you want your color scheme they'll do it and if they don't have the color immediately they will order the color for you that's pretty dope um when when you send me like the the links for all this stuff definitely send a link for this you know this company definitely shout them out it sounds really good that sounds pretty cool 
Oh yeah, man. Like I, like I will shout them from the rooftops and I'm not uh, in just disclaimer. I'm not sponsored. I'm not paid nothing from them. I just met them at E3. I believe in their product. I, I have just recently bought mine. Like, like I, I dropped <laughs> yeah. heavy cash for it, but like, nice. it, it, yeah, I wasn't going to not do it because it's a chair that it, it's an investment because gaming chairs and just like anyone who plays a lot of gaming, like you sit for a long period of time, you're going to end up hurting yourself if you don't have something that can keep up with it. And those things were hands down. They were designed for that. They've been in the industry, like they've been in ergonomics for almost 30 years. Mm-hmm. So they, they know what they they're know talking about. They know what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, so yeah, man, <laughs> that's my big, those are my plugs. <laughs> All right. So, um, we're going to go ahead and roll out the red carpet. It's, ep- it's episode 17. Um, I guess the, the E3 after party is finally over. Uh, Quentin, once again, thanks for joining us this week. Thanks for the insight, you know, during the episode, uh, before the episode, of course, you know, we're talking after the episode, but, um, great conversation, really, really good conversations. Uh, anything you want to plug, uh, you know, let's go ahead and shout them out right here. Oh, yeah, man. So uh, you guys can catch me Wednesdays and Saturdays starting at usually 8 p.m. Eastern at Twitch TV forward slash Techie Cube. And uh, you can find me at Twitter at Techie Cube. Um, and once I have my YouTube up and running, you can find me there at YouTube forward slash Techie Cube. So, yeah, I'm, I'm everywhere on the social media is at Techie Cube. And that's T-E-C-H-I-E with a Q-U-B-E. <laughs> nice. And we'll definitely, you know, uh, put a shout out when you drop your E3 YouTube episode. Like, I'm I'm uh, really looking forward to seeing, you know, your footage from all that. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. And, and thanks again for having me, man. It was definitely, it's been uh, a blast having the, you know, catch up and talk and and uh, definitely uh, sharing ideas. That, that's I love doing that kind of stuff, man. So yeah, anytime you you want me on, man, just give me a holler. I'll gladly come back. You know, and you're and you're and you're welcomed anytime. You're always always a, a welcome guest. And um, like I said, man, it's it's good it's good to do stuff like this. You know, uh, talk to other people in the community. You know, collab. Like I, I this is the stuff I love. So um, you know. Anyone that's listening, if you if you guys want to collab, uh, just it's all it's all about just you know hitting us up in messages, hitting us up on you know Facebook, Instagram, wherever we're at. Uh, let's talk. Let's you know let's fellowship. That's what it's all about. Oh yeah, for sure, man. Uh, you know, all about the small content people lifting each other up. Exactly. So um, I like doing something a little different uh, at the end of these episodes. So bear with me for a little bit because this has gotten pretty long. But I feel like there's, there's, there's nothing like a little bit of positivity to get you into the next week, right? Right, right. Yeah, so here's, here, here, here we go. I'm just going to jump into it. Guys, drink more water, moisturize your ankles, take your vitamins, eat your greens, don't sweat the small stuff, read more, and keep people around you that will tell you the truth. Because those are the real ones. Be humble, commit to things. Your greatest struggles are your greatest lessons. Text your friends that you haven't listened, that you haven't talked to in a while. Change the sound of your alarm every couple of days to help you wake up. Because, listen, I've been, <laughs> I I have I have an Alexa, and there are times where like I could just in my sleep tell it to shut up and completely <laughs> sleep over my alarm. So, 
It's good to change it up every now and then. Wow. Stop waiting for the perfect time because there will always be an excuse to not be productive. Use your front pockets to carry stuff because I know a lot of people traveling around. I know you just came from E3. You know, a lot of people. You put your stuff in your front pockets. You don't have to worry about people pickpocketing you. Yup. If you have life problems, don't run away from them. Face them because if you don't, it will haunt you later on. It's not cool. Just, just go for it. Um, if you want to make a change in your life, take it one day at a time. Ask yourself, what can I do today to make a change? And last but not least, you guys, stay beastly. Have fun. Have a great week. Once again, Quentin, thanks for joining us this week. And guys, we love you. Be cool. Peace out.